Second Samuel chapter 6, if you'd stand with me in reverence to the reading of the Word of God, I pray that the Lord would help us tonight. Uh, they asked me if I had a title for the message, but I gave it to him, and uh, he, must, he must have been like me. He didn't know how to spell it, so he didn't put it up there. But boy, what a good fella. Look up there. How handsome man right there. He may, oh, my. Second Samuel chapter number 6. Let's look in verse number 1. The Bible said, again, David gathered together all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000. David arose and went with all the people that, was with, that, that were with him from Baal, Judah, to bring up from thence the ark of God, whose name is called by the name of the Lord of hosts that dwelleth between the cherubims. They set the ark of God upon a new cart, brought it out of the house of Abinadad that was in Gibeah, and Uzzah and Aho, the sons of Abinadad, drave the new cart. They brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was, which was at Gibeah, accompanying the ark of God, and Ahio went before the ark. David and all the house of Israel played before the Lord on all manner of instruments made of fir wood, even on harps and solitaries and timbrels and cornets and cymbals. And when they came to Nacon's threshing floor, Uzzah put forth his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen shook it. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and God smote him there for his error, and there he died by the ark of God. And David was displeased because the Lord had made a breach upon Uzzah, and he called the name of the place Para Uzzah to this day. And David was afraid of the Lord that day and said, How shall the ark of the Lord come to me? So David would not remove the ark of the Lord unto him and to the city of David, but David carried it aside into the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite. And the ark of the Lord continued in the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite three months, and the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. And it was told King David, saying, The Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that pertaineth unto him because the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom unto the city of David, with gladness, and it was so that when they bare the ark of the Lord, uh, uh, ark of the Lord had gone six paces. He sacrificed oxen and fatlings. David danced before the Lord with all his might, and David was girded with a linen ephod. So David and all his house in Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. And as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michelle, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord. And she despised him in her heart. Heavenly fathers, we come before you. Lord, I want to thank you for the word of God. Father, I pray that you'd open our hearts and our minds, Lord, just for a little while tonight. God, I pray you'd speak to us from the Word of God. I pray that our hearts and our souls would be encouraged. I pray that would be challenged. Father, we pray that you'd get glory to yourself. Lord, we'll sure love you and thank you for that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated tonight. I want you to go back with me, if you will, and look at verse number 10. God being our helper tonight, I want to preach from these two verses or use them as our text tonight. And the Bible said in verse number 10, So David would not remove the ark of the Lord unto him, unto the city of David. But David carried it aside into the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite. And the ark of the Lord continued in the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite three months, and the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. I want to take just a few moments tonight, and Lord being our helper, I want to preach on this thought, to be an Obed-Edom. 
to be an Obed-Edom. Matter of fact, if you'll go back and study this and uh, look at this man's life, we see here that uh, there's not a whole lot mentioned about uh, Obed-Edom. Matter of fact, before the time that the ark ever entered into the house of the Lord, uh, there was nothing mentioned at all about this man by the name of Obed-Edom. Matter of fact, the only thing we know about him for sure is what's been recorded right here, that he's a Gittite. But it also, if you study that out, he, he is of the Levite family, uh, which meant that he was of the priesthood family. And uh, so for the ark of the Lord to abide in Obed-Edom's house was none other than the plan of God. But then the Bible said in verse number 11 that uh, for three months it stayed there. It abode in Obed-Edom's house and the Lord blessed all the household of Obed-Edom. And uh, we find out later and you go and study it out, uh, you'll find it over in the book of Chronicles as well that Obed-Edom ended up having eight boys and counting grandchildren and all this. 62 people uh, born unto the, the, the family of Obed-Edom. And uh, he was a busy man. He was a blessed man. Uh, but no doubt, there's times he's a burden man. Would you agree with that? Uh, there's 62 of them. But here's the miracle of it all, is that all of Obed-Edom's family began to serve the Lord. That ark stayed in the house of Obed-Edom only three months, but it went for generation after generation after generation because uh, that Obed-Edom protected the ark of God. So what does that mean to you and I tonight? Well, the ark of God, God is a symbol of the Old Testament, is a symbol of the New Testament of the Word of God. And uh, I would say tonight that it'd be safely said uh, that we have several copies of the Word of God uh, in our home tonight. Uh, the reason I said to be an Obed-Edom is what uh, do we do with those copies of the Word of God in our home tonight. And I pray God will help us as we try to encourage uh, uh, the church tonight. I want, you to, I want to give you just a few things about this ark, and I'll, be, I'll try to hurry tonight. Uh, the Bible teaches us here that the ark was uh, a chest uh, that was made of shittim wood. That same thing that uh, you know that uh, when you read and study there in the Old Testament, there was a, a lot of things made uh, of that type of wood. wasn't quite like a gopher wood like Noah uh, built the ark with, but it was made of shittim wood, and it was overlaid with gold on the outside and on the inside. And it was about, here's, here, this will help you right here. It was about four foot long and about two and a half foot wide and about two and a half foot deep. And most, most of the time, if you get pretty close to a wooden pulpit, they're about four foot wide, they're about two and a half foot deep, and they're about two and a half foot, I mean, two and a half foot deep, about two and a half foot wide. That's because that's where the Word of God comes from. And so that Word of God, and our Bible tonight, the Lord Jesus Christ living within us, watch this tonight. And it was about two and a half foot high and about two and a half foot wide. And there's a crown around its top that held the lid. And that lid was actually called the mercy seat. But that crown held that lid in its place so that whenever that, that ark was moved from place to place, that the lid didn't simply fall off of it, that wherever they went, the mercy seat also went with them. Aren't you glad that whenever it was you got saved by the grace of God, that wherever you go, thank God the mercy seat goes with you. I, I, I'm glad to know tonight. I, I love being able to say this. Do you realize tonight that the reason Christ is still here is because he abides within the believer? 
But do you realize the reason you and I have a place in heaven is because Christ abides there. You realize he's at the right hand of the Father making intercession on mine and your behalf. So if he's here tonight because of us, we're there tonight because of him. And so wherever we go, I'm glad the mercy seat goes with us tonight. Notice this. Once a year on the Day of Atonement, the high priest would sprinkle blood on the sacrifice uh, uh, of the sacrifice onto the mercy seat uh, to attain the sins of the people for the whole year. And uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, though, he's our mercy seat. And we know that he entered in once uh, to offer up the offering for the sins of the world one time. Can you imagine Preacher Pope having to uh, come in, well, let's just say it's on the first Sunday morning of, uh, of January of every year, and he had to offer up the blood of bulls or of goats for, the, for your sins. And uh, there's no communication with God outside of the man of God. You had to come. And you know, today we still have a religion, the greatest religion or the greatest growing religion in the world. I don't want to say it's the greatest religion, but the Catholic, Catholicism still believe that tonight, uh, that they cannot go to God their self. Boy, aren't you thankful that you don't have to find preaching Pope every time you need to talk to the Lord? Aren't you glad that Jesus is uh, and has obtained mercy on mine and your behalf tonight, that at any moment, at any time, you can enter into the throne room boldly because of the blood that has been atoned for your sin tonight. Notice this. And so this, this blood was placed upon the mercy seat. And what they'd do, they'd take that sacrifice of that goat or that bull, and they'd, they'd take that blood and they'd put it on the mercy seat. And then they'd also uh, put the other, they'd have two uh, goats or two sacrifices, and they'd put the other on what they called the scapegoat. And they'd put that blood on, and they'd send it at least six miles outside of the camp. And the reason being is because whoever uh, saw that scapegoat coming with the blood on its back would know that the sin had been atoned for the people. And the reason they'd take it at least six miles, boy, this is good. The reason they'd take at least six Six miles outside the camp is because six uh, was the number of man. Uh, and it was showing that man could not attain the blood. Uh, uh, so they'd send it outside. Boy, aren't you glad? You remember over in John chapter number four, the Bible said there's a woman that had five husbands. The woman, the woman that she was with now, the man she was with now was not her husband. That makes six. But that day she met the seventh man and she is never the same. Boy, aren't you glad for the day that you met the Lord Jesus? I'm glad for the day that the six Sixth man, thank God, the sixth man, the number six, that man, flesh, had to die out. But thank God the Lord rose up. Watch this. Yes. Romans chapter 3 and verse number 25, the Bible said, Whom God has set forth to be a, 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 the, a to be propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God, the long-suffering of God. Watch this, that propitiation is the mercy seat. That's exactly what the definition of that word is, is mercy seat. Do you realize he is the propitiation? He is the mercy seat for you and I tonight. I want to give you three things about that mercy seat. I'm going to Obed-Edom. Hang on just a moment. I want you to notice here in verses 3 through 5, we notice the carrying of the ark. 
Now, the way that the Lord had this set up was that uh, there's rods that went through on both sides of that mercy seat. There was about a four-inch uh, round uh, uh, hook or a or, or, or complete circle on the front end and the back end of that mercy seat on each side. And they'd run a rod through that, and men would bear that uh, upon their shoulders. <laughs> there's a reason that God puts everything in the Bible tonight. Let me just go ahead and get this out of the way. I'm not very smart tonight. So anything you hear that sounds any, any halfway decent, you'll find it in your Bible tonight. <laughs> Everything I've said thus far about that mercy to just things that, that are recorded in the Word of God tonight. Uh, I, really, I really get discouraged or disturbed, I guess is probably the best word, uh, when a man wants you to think he knows something. I'm telling you tonight, outside the Lord Jesus, I don't know much of anything tonight. But I want, it makes a lot of sense. The reason God puts what he puts in the Word is because it's there uh, for a reason. I had a man say this the other day. He said, you know, somebody gets up and gets to talk about Timothy, and they talk about his mother and his grandmother. He said, none of that's important. I thought, man, it's recorded in your Bible. If it's in your Bible, it's important tonight. Amen. There's a reason. How many of you tonight, I understand you got saved because of the Lord Jesus Christ. But how many of you are glad there's a mama and a grandma praying for you tonight? Boy, I'm glad the preacher said it already. We got a generation tonight that needs to know there's a mama and there's a daddy and there's a grandma and there's a grandpa that cannot save them, but they're praying for them that they'd find out who Jesus is. The carrying of the ark. Notice this. Verse number three, the Bible said, and they set the ark of God upon a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadab that was in Gibeah and Uz and Ahoah. The sons of Abinadab drave the new cart. So the priests would, uh, would sprinkle the blood between the two cherubims. Uh, and where the blood was was considered to be the place of God's presence. So what they'd do is they'd put that on that ark. And those cherubims kind of looked like angels and their wings would touch. And, uh, the, uh, and, and there in the middle was where that crown was at. And that's where that blood would be applied. And these men were supposed to run those rods through on each side uh, of that ark. And they're supposed to bear it upon their shoulder. Uh, do you realize there at Calvary, uh, now some 2,021 years ago, you know what Jesus Christ did? Being the ark of the covenant of God, being our mercy mercy seat. He took the sins of the whole world upon his own shoulders and carried them to Calvary that you and I might have redemption of our sin. Now notice this. It was the will of the Lord. It was the direction of the Lord, the order of the Lord for them to carry it. But if you'll notice in verse number three, they had a new way, but it was not God's way. Bible said here that they carried it upon a new cart. And uh, the sons of Abinadab drave the new car. Well, that sounds like an easy way, but it wasn't God's way. Boy, I'm telling you tonight, there's a lot of things that seem to be easier. Please don't fall out with me right here. I'm not, I'm not seeing anybody doing this, so I'm using this as a reference. I preached in a church three or four years ago, and every single night, the pastor of the church showed up for church. Am I on live, live stream here? Well, it's too late now. <laughs> I didn't call any names. And I, I'm thankful for technology. I'm thankful for my iPhone, my, my iPad, and the Apple computer. I'm thankful. I don't know how to use it like a preacher does, but I'm thankful for it. I only know how to use it like my daughter does, but I'm thankful for it. 
And uh, there's nothing wrong with carrying that with you during the day. But man, when you go to the house of God, boy, if you got the word of God, would you hold it up tonight? Boy, aren't you thankful for your Bible? And every single night that pastor would come to that church, he didn't even have his Bible. He had his iPad, and he'd open up with his iPad. He'd, now, if they carry notes on their iPad, that's between them and the Lord. I like it. Sometimes I use that. I, hey, but listen, I'm thankful for my Bible tonight. I don't ever want to get, I don't want to ever become old I, to me being able to carry and to hold my Bible. Preacher is talking about America and how precious it is, and I'm all for it. Man, if you don't like it, go somewhere else. Amen. I'm all for America. But I'm telling you to be able to hand out Bibles in foreign countries and see families grab one of them Bibles and go somewhere away from the crowd and cuddle up to that thing and kiss on that thing and open it up and smell of it, see what it smells like. Boy, I'm telling you, that'll change your heart. Hey, listen, it'll make you get it out of the back seat of the car. It'll make you get it out of the back window where it's sun tanning and the pages are wrinkling. Make you want to go home and dust it off, open it up and see what's in that thing tonight. Boy, Aren't you thankful for your Bible and the Word of God tonight? Notice this. It was considered the, that ark was considered the presence of God. Not only that, we see the carrying of the ark, but let's notice the cherubs. If you'll notice on the, on the cherubs, let's, let's look, if you will, look with me in verse number five. The Bible said, David and all the house of Israel played before the Lord on all manner of instruments made of fir wood, even on harps and solitaries and timbrels and cornet and on cymbals. And I'll just be honest with you, probably a, a great celebration, uh, kind of like what we heard just before I was able to come up tonight. Man, if you don't like that kind of music, man, you might want to find a place in the altar somewhere. It, man, that's good stuff. I mean, and it's taking place here in because that they're, they're before the presence of God and they're bringing the ark. Man, they're making a big deal out of it. Boy, I would today that men of God, or maybe I ought to say it this way, that preachers would quit making so much of themselves and make a big deal that it is the word of God tonight. Amen. Notice this. Notice this. So those cherubims, I love this. Those cherubims had... The, 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 the ones that their wings went out and touched. Now, this, this may sound weird when I first tell you about it, but they had four faces on them. It wasn't just a one-face cherub. It was a four-face. And it had the face of a lion, the face of a man, the face of an ox, and the face of an eagle. Now, I'm getting back to that. But hang on a second. Notice in verse number five. They had the music, but they completely missed the message. And they had forgotten all about the meaning of what was taking place. You see, they was bringing that in on a new cart. That wasn't the way the Lord said to do it. They had the music, and, but, but, but they completely missed the message. They completely missed what the Lord wanted them to do. And they had forgotten the meaning. Boy, don't you, aren't you so thankful tonight that when you sing old hymns like it's been sung here tonight, oh, that playing on the piano, boy, that ought to stir your heart tonight. I, I looked over at little Faith. She's learning to play the piano, and some of you know she plays the piano. And I said, look, Faith, boy, she's enjoying what she's doing. Amen? See, if I could ever do that, Brother Michael, I could ever play those instruments like y'all do. Brother Pope, I'd probably act like I just got dementia and I'd stay up here for 30 minutes, just keep playing like I didn't even know where I was at. I've never been able to, I can't even hardly play the radio without static, you know? But here's what I'm saying. Everything looked like they was doing it the right way, but it wasn't God's way. 
Boy, we've got a lot going on in the world we're living in today. Can I say tonight, please hear me. Hey, listen, uh, the, the Democrat, and I'm, I'm not trying to pick preach politics tonight, but the Democratic Party is not the reason that America's where it's at tonight. Biden is not the reason that America's where it's at tonight. Oh, listen, Obama was, is not the reason America's where it's at. Homes falling apart is not the reason that America's where it's at. But can I say those are results of not having the ark of God in our home and protecting what God said to do in the way that God said to do. Those are the results that take place. We got plenty of places tonight that are called places of worship. Man, they've got all kinds of music, but they simply miss the message. And when you leave, there's no meaning there. There's no meat there. Notice this. Not only do we see the carrying, we see the cherubs, but we see the contents. The Bible said the tablets of the law, they were inside of that art. Those tablets of the law were the reminder of the golden calf apostasy that took place uh, where Moses broke the tables after he'd come down off the mountain and Aaron had made a golden calf out of the gold and they were dancing and they were singing and they were naked before this image and they were doing the same thing that's taking place here. They had all the music. They had a crowd of people, but the Lord himself was not present in it. Not only that, but the golden pot of manna it was there. It was a reminder of the mummering and the unbelief of the people that were in the desert that the Lord had brought out. Not only that, but there was one more thing in there, and that was Aaron's rod, which budded. It was in there. It was a reminder of the rebellion and the pride of Korah against the priest of God. Then the blood was applied to the mercy seat because of the sins of the people. These, the objects that were there, they were reminders of their sinfulness. But all three of them pointed to the Lord Jesus Christ. Watch this tonight. <coughs> Excuse me. The tables, they were a reminder of the new covenant to keep the law, but Christ, that they could not keep the law, but Christ did. And his blood is the atonement for our sin. Now that's New Testament. See, in the Old Testament, uh, those tables were there uh, to remind them, uh, hey, listen, that the Lord hath given away, that you can overcome the law. And to us today, it is a reminder that you and I cannot be good enough to save ourselves. But thank God we can't be wicked enough not to be saved by the grace of God. Why? Because because Jesus himself has made the atonement for our sin. Here's, here's simply what it means. The Bible teaches us this, that where sin abound, grace did much more abound. What that means tonight is you and I had sin that we could not remove ourselves, but where our sin abounded, grace did much more abound. The grace of God was greater than our sin. The grace of God was bigger than our sin. My friend, this, tonight, that's exactly the reminder of what took place. Now, not only that, but how about this? How about the pot of manna? That is a picture of Jesus Christ, the bread of life. You see, in the Old Testament, that manner was a reminder that when they mumbered and they said they should have died down in the wilderness, that the Lord himself fed them. It's a reminder to you and I that today that when we were hungry, thank God he fed us. When we were naked, he clothed us. Hey, listen, when we was lonely and without, he brought us in. In a banqueting table to set before us his banner over us his love tonight. That, that, that pot of manna was a picture of Jesus Christ, the bread of life. But then Aaron's rod, 
That speaks to the fruitfulness that Christ gives. We have, we have gone from a spiritual dead individual to a spiritual life individual. Just as life uh, from that dead stick budded because the Lord said it would. Uh, me and you have a new life in the Lord Jesus Christ because he said, it, said we would. How about 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and in verse number 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Probably one of my favorite scriptures tonight. I want to take just a moment and read it to you. I pray it'll be a blessing to you uh, tonight. And give me a moment just to catch my breath. Over in 1 Corinthians chapter number 6, I love this. Verse number 9, the Bible says this. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Well, I love it. Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor adulterers, nor adulterers, nor infinite, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Boy, that sounds like we have no hope tonight, right? Because I'm sure in, every, in this house tonight and a crowd this size, we have every one of those things that I just mentioned or we used to. Thank God that's not what we are today. Because the next verse says, and such were some of you. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's the past man. That's not who we are today. Hey, watch this. It's not because of the blood of bulls or goats. Hey, listen, it's not because of the ark in the Old Testament, but it's because of the blood of Jesus Christ that we're not what we used to be. The Bible said, and such were some of you, but you're washed, but you're sanctified, but you're justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. You know what that justified means tonight? It means just what it said. Justified never done it. Justified and never been a fornicator. Justified and never been an adulterer. Justified and never been a drunkard. Justified and never been an idolater. You say, preacher, how can I go to heaven tonight? Because that's not what you are now. That's what you used to be. Amen. But because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, yes. Not because of Pastor Pope. Not because of Pastor Cardwell. But because of the blood of Jesus Christ. It speaks of the fruitfulness. That rod speaks of the fruitfulness that Christ gives. We've gone from spiritual death to spiritual life. Just as that dead stick brought forth buds. Thank God that old man within us that died out. Now is beginning to bear fruit. Isn't it amazing that we all, no matter what you were, who you were, you bore fruit of sin. But thank God because it's not what you are now. That's what you used to be. Boy, aren't you glad tonight? You might have been an old rotten orange tree in the past. Thank God tonight you're an apple tree for the Lord. And you no longer bring forth rotten oranges. But thank God you bring forth fresh apples tonight. You say, preacher, I don't like apples. Well, you bring forth grapes. Amen. I want to give you this right here. What in the world do them old ugly four-faced cherubs on that mercy seat? Preacher, why, why would we even get excited about that? 
Well, I didn't put it here. The Lord did. You have the face of a lion. You have the face of an ox. You have the face of a man. You have the face of an eagle. And would you believe that when you get to your New Testament Bible, that you have the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those are the four Gospels. And would you believe that Matthew represents the lion? The Gospel of Matthew represents the lion. You know what it does? It represents him as a Savior. It represents Christ as the Son of God, the one with authority. He is as the lion in the book of Matthew. But believe it or not, in the book of, in the book of Mark, he is represented as the ox. That's it. You know what that is? That's the servant, the one that's willing to bear the load, the one that's willing to go all the way. But not only that, in the book of Luke, he is represented as the man, the son of God, the son of man, that he would humble himself as a man, that you and I could have everlasting life. But then guess what? Believe it or not, in the book of John, he's represented as the eagle. You know what that is tonight? Free. Free. Free at last, free indeed. Thank God I'm a free man. My sins no longer have me bound. I've been set free. You know what that is tonight? It's a symbol of the soaring eagle, the spirit that lives within us that has set us free tonight. Amen. So in the Old Testament, you have the ark of God made of shittim wood with cherubims that have four ugly heads on them that represent you and I when you get to the New Testament, that that was the presence of God as the lion, as the ox, as the man, as the eagle that set you and I free. Notice this, notice this, that gives us the ability also to know that he's Lord of lords and he's King of kings. He is the lion. But guess what tonight? Because of him, you and I have the ability to overcome the world. Where he is there, we may be also. Not only that, but in the book of Mark, we become the ox. We become the servant of the Lord. If you have a hard time serving him tonight, it may be because you've never really been set free tonight. You may have, a, if you have a hard time serving him, it, it, it would be really hard to believe that we've took upon ourselves salvation tonight that has made us free from our sin. Then the man, we're willing to humble ourselves that we might be a witness to those around us. And then John gives us this tonight. John gives us that eagle, that spirit that has set us free, that has made us free from sin. So what in the world? That's my introduction tonight. Is that all right? What in the world does this have to do with this man that we've never heard about before? This man by the name of Obed-Edom. Well, if you'll notice tonight, I hope this helps you. Preach, I'll be done in just a moment. Okay, 30 more minutes, all right? <laughs> Supper's already ready. I done heard about it. Amen, it's already ready. Think about this. The same ark that would set them free also killed a man. Do you realize tonight that God, in all of his justice, could have killed us all and would have got what we deserved? Oh, aren't you glad for mercy that God withheld from us what we deserved? 
to give us that and allow you and I not only to receive it, but to obtain it. You know what the word obtain means tonight? Here, let me help. Some of us, some of our young people need to hear this tonight. Some mom and daddies need to hear this. Friday afternoon, you received a paycheck. Monday morning, you'll find out how much of it you obtained. The fact tonight of us just getting saved is wonderful. But if we couldn't obtain it, it'd be useless. We'd be in the same shape they were, Brother Ricky, in the Old Testament. They'd have to be a yearly sacrifice if we could not obtain it. Boy, I hope this will help you tonight. This is based on not how good you are, not what your last name is. It doesn't matter what your bank account looks like. It don't matter what you rode up in here on or walked up in here on. Oh, my friend, here's all I'm saying tonight. It doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter where you've been. Once you got washed in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, you were made a new creature, and that that Christ gives, he allows us to obtain it tonight. Now notice this, only because that Uzzah touched the ark did he die. But had they done it God's way, the ark would have never tilted. It would have never shook. But because they decided to do it another way, an easier way, not God's way, that ark shook and it was just a natural reaction for Uzzah to put forth his hand. Now don't fall out with me right here. Bible don't teach us that us is a wicked man. The Bible does teach us that God said do it this way. And man's plan went against the will of God. There's no safe way to go against God. It doesn't matter what kind of title you carry. It doesn't matter what kind of clothes you wear. There's no safe way to go against the word of God. I know that our public school system teaches uh, safe sex. I know that uh, I've had a lot of people, and I know the pastors dealt with as well. We have a burden for homes and for marriage. You would not believe how many people uh, tell me that they uh, surely believe it is the will of God for them after 20 years or 30 years to walk out on their wife and their children or their husband and their children, and they have God's plan for their life. My friend, that goes contrary to the Word of God. That's against the Word of God. It's against the will of God. There is no safe way to do it outside of God's way tonight. So here they are and they David is wanting to move this ark into the city that he's actually named after himself because that he is king. But whenever Uzzah put forth his hand to that ark and he died, David said, I'm not moving it any further. Matter of fact, the Bible says David, David was wroth. David was fearful. So the Bible said that he found this man by the name of Obed-Edom. And he said, uh, can we put that ark into your house? And Obed-Edom said, yeah, you, you can put it in my house. And I said tonight, if I, and I won't be long, I said tonight if I could title the message in Obed-Edom. Or aren't you glad for the day the Holy Ghost of God come by where you said? Knocked on your heart's door. He said, we would your heart be a place I could let the ark of God about? Some of you said, yes, that'd be a good place. Some people turned it away. 
I want to say tonight, there's never been a day since I let him abide that ark in my house that I've ever been regretful or sorry that the Lord Jesus Christ took up camp down in my soul the night I got saved by the grace of God. Now watch this. Obed-Edom said, yes, you can bring. Now, Brother Pope, I'm being honest tonight. I'm under pastoral authority, and I mean this. I'm not just joking. You can set me down if I get out of the way right here. But I read some, some commentaries that said this, that David thought nothing of Obed-Edom. So that's why he picked him, to keep the ark of God. So I said, that don't sound right. And I'm not going to tell you who they are. They're a lot smarter than I am. Probably got more degrees than I got letters in my last name. So I continued to read and study that. I said, they got to be more to this. If the Lord blessed this man, then the Lord had it orchestrated before David ever chose him. Y'all, now listen, a lot of people, this charismatic crowd get this predestination stuff all mixed up. The Lord knew who's going to get saved before he ever went to Calvary. Somebody say amen right there. But it's mine and your choice. Amen. He's going to let them deny him or let them receive him. Amen. You, you didn't just get born and you're going to heaven because you're born to that family. Hey, watch it. I love this right here. Do you realize that Mary's not going to heaven because she gave birth to Jesus? Mary makes it into heaven. It's because Jesus gave birth to her. Hallelujah. You ain't going to heaven because of who grandma was or grandpa. Hey, you're going to heaven because one day the ark of God set up resident down in your soul. Thank God for the day. Hallelujah. Thank God for the day the Holy Ghost of God came where I was, knocked on my heart's door and gave me an invitation to allow the ark of God to abide within my hallelujah praise boy aren't you glad hey I love this why preach on nobody cause he's a nobody I'm a nobody saved by somebody that loves everybody hallelujah praise God oh can I get five more minutes preaching Watch it. So he said, oh, buddy, oh, buddy. He said, yeah, we'll keep it. We'll, we'll, we'll take it in. Now, can you imagine? And, and don't fall out with me. It's going to take me long five minutes. I'm sorry. <laughs> don't fall out with me right here. But, uh, Charity, she's 18 years old. and uh, I, would, I would use my wife as an illustration right here, but for those of you that know me real good, uh, outside of pastoring, I, I wholesale callers. That's what I... That's what I've done for a long time. I just trade. And uh, there's been many a times my wife's come home and that real nice vehicle she had in the driveway is now a trash bag full of everything that was in that vehicle that she had, you know. And, uh, you know, you, you have to say, baby, there's a better day coming. There's something else coming. Or I, well, I wouldn't be married tonight, you know. And so I always try to do a little better, preacher. But never forget this. Been a, uh, now, if I cry right here, don't fall out with me. I'm not crying over the dog or the cat. I'm going somewhere. I was at an auction a couple of years ago, and Charity was getting ready to turn 16. And uh, she had in her mind exactly what she wanted. And it was impossible. Just, just couldn't happen. And uh, she never wrote it down on a piece of paper. But being a daddy, and I don't know if Charity even knows this, I knew in my heart, in my mind, I knew what color it had to be. I knew what colored interior it had to be. 
I'm going somewhere. Hang on. Y'all get your running shoes on. Giving you time to get laced up here. And I got down to an auction one morning just out of the blue. Been praying every day. Lord, if it's your will, you let Charity's car come by today. Lord, if it's your will. That don't mean nothing to nobody, but it means a whole lot right here, okay? So I got down there one morning, and I was walking around there. It said, I called my wife, and I said, baby, it's here. Sitting right here, I'm looking at it. I got on the phone. I'm telling her all about it. And you got to understand now, my wife, Brother John Dorsey, how many of you know Brother John Dorsey? Brother John Dorsey said, if I was your wife, I'd drink Maalox by the five-gallon bucket. He said, you make me so nervous. So I don't never call my wife and tell her what I'm buying or what I'm selling. She just, she just wants to know when the bills come in, is it enough to pay it? Y'all understand? That makes her happy, okay? So I said, baby, it's here. And I start explaining it to her. We start having prayer over the telephone. I, mean, I know it's crazy. I know it is. And I said, okay, Lord, I want you to give me a number. The Lord gave me a number. I told my wife, I said, right here's what the, what the number is. She said, well, what's the book say? That's what. What, what the book, the black book that you go by? I said, I don't know. I ain't even looked it up. This is just what God gave me peace about. She said, well, what if you pay too much for it? I said, well, we'll sell it later. She said, you can't treat charity now like you treat me on these cars. <laughs> so anyway, Brother, Brother Pope, I know, it, I know it make good preaching. I know it make it good storytelling, but I'm telling you the truth. The exact number that God gave me peace on, I bought it. And... Uh, my daddy come back and he said, it runs out great. I said, I'm driving it home. He said, no, let me drive it. I said, oh, no, oh, no. I'm going to be the one to drive that home. Yeah. She's going to see daddy bring that home. <laughs> so I called my wife and I said, I'm getting ready to turn on Bird Road. That's where we live at. Charity come out the door and she was on the porch and I pulled in the driveway and I'm, I mean, we got it on video. Thank God. We're going to play it one of these days when she's 50 and get married. We're going to play it on the big screen. <laughs> She's, Brother Ricky, she grabs her mouth. She starts jumping up and down. I mean, she's doing all this uh, faith. Her, her little sister, she calls it dramatic. She's doing all this dramatic stuff. She's hollering. She goes running out there. And before I ever get it parked in the driveway, she says, oh, Daddy, I love you. Daddy, that's exactly what I wanted. It's the right color. It's the right interior, Daddy, I love you. Oh, watch this. I, oh, wonder what happened down at Obed Edom's house. I, I believe it might have been something like that. Hey, boys, come in here just a minute. Let me show you what King David done today. He brought the ark by. And you know what happened? Them babies started getting around. They said, Daddy, can I sleep beside of it tonight? Hey, Daddy, will we go out in the yard and play ball? Can we take it out there and set it while we're playing ball and sliding down the slide? You say, Preacher, what does that mean? I'll tell you what it means. 62 of them followed the Lord because Obed-Edom kept the ark of God in his house. Amen. I don't give credit to Brian Cardwell. I give credit to the Lord Jesus Christ. But I'm thankful I'm not standing in the church tonight trying to preach without a wife here and without two girls that are teenagers here tonight. I'm glad that because... Is that all right? That the ark of the Lord, that the ark of the Lord abode down at my house. I'm glad there's a wife got around there. There's some babies that got around there. And because of that, they're saved by the grace of God. Amen. I done forgot the address, but it's Union Hill Road. Send that cleaning bill. Charity Hill Banister. Let me give you this. Oh, let me give you this right here. I'm done. I'm done, preacher. I promise. Oh, my. The Bible said that 
Paul told Timothy, he said, just preach the word. Just preach the word. Just give them Jesus. Just give them Jesus. They're going to come against you. There's going to be those that are among you that's going to rise up. There's going to be false prophets. They're already there. There's going to be false teachers. There's going to be false doctors. Hey, they're going to want sounding brass and tinkling cymbal. Hey, they're not going to want that man that'll labor and pray and seek God's face and that'll fast on them. Hey, listen, the first little thing that comes through here that's shining, looking good, they're going to go after it. But you know what Obed-Edom said? Obed-Edom said, I'll bring it into my house. And man, I can't help but think. Hey, listen, he brought that ark in there. And listen, you've got to understand tonight, boy, that thing stunk. It had the blood of them old bulls and goats on it. That thing stunk. Oh, but what it meant sitting there. Oh, my, how precious it was. Hey, can you imagine? Hey, can you imagine at the foot of God how that must have stunk the sins of the whole world? But you know what God said it was? He said it was a sweet savor in the night. Hey, do you realize that because of the blood of Christ that when we were represented to God, we were represented as a sweet smelling say I'm talking about ever harlot ever fornicator ever idolater ever adulterer hey watch this ever drunkard ever doping ever church kid that was lost until they got saved by the grace of God was a stench until the blood of Jesus covered their sin and they became a sweet hallelujah hallelujah a sweet-smelling Savior in the nostrils of God. Why is that ark so important? Preacher, why would you challenge a church like this? People like this. Challenge my own self to be an Obed-Edom. With the best that I can count, the Bible gives us seven illustrations on what that Word of God really is in our Bible tonight. Hebrews says that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Why in the world would I want my family? Why would I want my wife and my babies to camp out around that ark? Why would I want the king to allow me to let this ark abide down at my house? I'll tell you why. Because when the adversary comes, I have a sword that is sharp. When I need purging and I need correction and I need to stand and fight in the battle, I'm glad the sword's never lost its edge. It's never went dull. Oh, thank God it's as sharp tonight as it's ever been. I had a fella tell me this. He was trying to be a smart aleck and he ended up being a, a dummy. He said, preacher, I just don't understand why y'all preachers, y'all make such a big deal out of that King James Bible. I just don't understand. He reached down his pocket and he pulled out a Walmart knife. I, forgive me. But it wasn't a case. Somebody say amen right there. Yeah. It wasn't a buck knife. It was a plastic something or another. <laughs> he pulled that thing out, Ricky, and here's what he said. He said, would you not agree that that right there will cut you just like, and he had an old expensive knife. I don't even know what it was. It'll cut you just like this one will cut you. I said, yeah, I agree 100%. I said, but when that old fake knife over there gets dull, it'll never give it another edge like this one over here will. Oh, I'm glad 
Hey, preacher, why you want that ark in your house? I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why I want to be an obedient. Hey, because this world's getting darker and sin's getting greater. Oh, but look here. It ain't time for me and you to go hide our head in the hole. He said, lift up your head. Your redemption draweth nigh. I'm glad for my sword. Amen. I want to stay on the battlefield. Thank God for our Bible tonight. Not only that. But the book of Jeremiah says it like this. He said that that word is like a fire. Boy, I can tell you, uh, your church knows most about it. I can tell you some of the darkest hours in our life. I can tell you some of the darkest hours in mine and Miss April's life uh, when we was all alone. I can tell you some of the darkest hours with our babies when sickness has come and health, has come, health issues have come. Hey, listen, and things just fell in uh, like we never thought they would. Uh, I'm glad I could bring my family around the word of God. Thank God and it would warm us. It would comfort us and give us strength to go on. Boy, I'm thankful for a fire, aren't you, tonight? Not only that, but I love this. Jeremiah also, he describes it as a hammer. Hey, you know why I want my babies to camp out around that? Hey, I'll tell you why. Since you ask, I'll tell you. Don't follow that one right here. Some of the nicest people I've ever met in my life came off a church pew. But do you know that some of the people that's hurt our children, not just mine and Miss Aples, but it's hurt our young people, came off a church pew. You know why I want my babies to camp out around that word of God that's like a hammer? Because, preacher, if we just keep praying and we keep trusting, boy, you remember, Brother Rodney, if I ain't even saying it right, you don't even have to agree with me. Do you remember when you was hard-hearted? Didn't want it. No hammer kept, just kept on hammering. <laughs> no hammer kept on hammering. <laughs> Before you know it, that old hard, stubborn rock, it began to turn to powder and it cried out, Lord, save me. <laughs> hey, you know why I wanted my babies camped out around the ark? Because it's like a hammer tonight. There's nothing it cannot break through. Hey, watch this. There's nothing that cannot be a foundation to build upon, but there's nothing wicked that it cannot destroy tonight. I'll tell you what I love about it. He looked at Peter and he said, Peter, upon this rock. He ain't talking about where he's standing. He's talking about him, the rock. Christ is our rock. Upon this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail again. You said, but preacher, they're building them around us right now. They may be, but they will not, excuse me, prevail against tonight. And all that, I love this. I'm, I'm done, almost done, almost done. The book of Psalms. Preacher, why you want your family camped out around it? Because in the book of Psalms, preacher, the Bible said it's a lamp and it's a light. You know what the lamp is? The lamp just shows you where you are. You don't use a lamp to look 50 yards down the road. Use a lamp to find out where you're getting ready to step right now. Come on. Yeah. But you use a light to look out there and see where you're headed. Oh, why do I want them camped out around the ark? Because it'll show my it'll show my little graduating baby where she is right now. Hey, but three months down the road or a year down the road, it'll show her where she needs to go. Hallelujah to God tonight. I'm glad for the ark of God that is not only a lamp. It don't only show me where I am. Thank God it'll show me where I'm headed tonight. Show me where I'm headed tonight. Hey, preacher, there's a dark spot out there. Shine the light on it tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody better come to the piano. I'll preach all night. 
Hey, you know why I love the ark of God? Matthew describes it as food. Hey, hey, you ever remember a time that you was hungry? You ever remember a time in your life? I'm talking about after you got saved. You just thought, man, I'm about to get brittle. I'm about to dry up. Boy, I need something. And all of a sudden, you show up down at the house of God. There's people all around you shouting. They rejoicing. And you feel like you're drier. I mean, five miles from a creek choking on peanut butter. I mean, it's you in bad shape. You in bad shape. Hey, Brother Michael, about three days later, the Lord starts stirring your heart. And man, there's a running around you shouting. There's a hollering. You're drying crackers. You went back and got that same verse the preacher preached on. You couldn't get nothing out of it. And all of a sudden you sit down and you say, Lord, I'm hungry. Lord, I need this more than anything. And all of a sudden it's just like somebody highlighted it and the Lord began to feed you. Hey, I'm saying tonight, that's why I want to be an obed Edom tonight. Not only that, but I love this. First Peter describes it as a seed. Boy, I'm glad that me and Miss April decide we're going to camp out around the ark of God. About two and a half years into our marriage, 25 years, 24 years old. Miss April was 25. I hadn't got there yet. I was still 24. <laughs> I've just been at the church for two years. Man was having some difficulties, some troubles that rose up. Fire had got started and the serpent began to come out. Boy, I was, I was quitting. Man, I was throwing in the town. I was done. I wasn't going to quit on God. I was going to quit that place. I was done. And I remember going out. I said, I'm going to go see Poppy. I'm going to go buy the, the new house where we're building her over to the land there. We hadn't started building yet. I'm going to go see Poppy. That's April's grandpa. I went out and I got in the vehicle and taped to the steering wheel was a card. She'd already put it on there when she come home from work that day. And I opened that card up, and I can't remember what the card said. But I remember what my wife said. She said, if you'll just follow God, I'll follow you. I'll follow you. Amen. You know why I want my babies to camp out? You know why I want to be an obed Edom? Because that day, I walked back after I fell down on the gravel there and I pleaded with God and I told God I was sorry for trying to quit on it. I was sorry for having all these, letting all these things get in my mind and my head. I went back and I told my wife, I said, listen, if you really mean that, I really mean this. I'm going to follow him wherever he says go. I'm going to do whatever he says do. And you know what happened? There's some seeds that I didn't even know about that God was dropping and God was planting. Now watch this. These two seeds are sitting right back there tonight that are growing for the Lord, you know what they're going to do? They're going to start dropping seed. That's why I want to be an obed Edom tonight. The piano player's coming. I'm giving you this last one. Or however, preacher wants to do the invitation, whatever he says. The book of James describes it like this. The book of James describes it as a mirror. And if we're not careful, we don't really see who we are. You see me standing here tonight I know I'm sweating, but I don't know how bad I look yet. You know, I can't see it. Brother Rodney's still smiling, so it must be okay, all right? But you know what that mirror will do? If I'll take time to stop and look at it, it'll show me what I'm reflecting. It'll show me what I'm, what I'm displaying. 
And you know why I want to camp out around that right there and I want that to be in my house? It's because I want what's on the inside of me to be the reflection that other people see when they see me. Preacher, do you really want to be an obed eater more than I want to be anything else? I want to say, Lord, you're welcome down at my house. Lord, not just in my heart. Lord, I don't want to just be there at Sunday morning. I, I don't want to just be there on Wednesday night. I don't want to just be there when the preacher said we're having a special service or we're having a revival. But Lord, when I go home, I, I want to still be that same person I say I am down at the church. If they see me at Walmart, if they see me down at the coast, if they see me camping or they see me on my boat, I want to be a representation that the ark of God abides in my house. It didn't take long. Word got back to King David. Hey, King David, remember that fellow you dropped that ark off down there? It's been there three months now. And I'm telling you, the Lord's blessing everything he's got. I don't know about you. I don't care if I make another, I'm being serious. I don't care if I make another good trade in the car business if I have the blessings of God. Yes, Lord. Amen. I want God's hand. What would it profit a man if he gained the whole world? Lost his own soul. If I could leave my girls, and it ain't looking good, but if I could leave them with a couple of million apiece, preacher, it ain't looking good. But they didn't know about the ark of God. I've robbed them. I've robbed them of the greatest blessing of all. God help us to be an obedient. Father, we love you tonight. Lord, we thank you for loving us. Thank you for your precious word tonight. Thank you for meeting with us. Lord, touch tonight, I pray in Jesus' name. Let's all stand tonight. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. Maybe some folks need to just tiptoe down to this old-fashioned altar tonight and say, Lord, would you help us? Would you help us to be an Obed-Edom? Lord, would you help us to, to camp out around the ark of God, around the word of God? Wow. What a word tonight. What a message tonight. You know, you know what would be great is, is for some younger couples as well just to hit this altar tonight and say, Lord, we're just getting started in this thing. But would you help us to camp out around, around the ark of God? Lord, would you help us to expose our kids to the Bible Lord, would you give us that climate? Would you give us that environment in our home where our kids hear about the Word of God and know about the Word of God and we sing about the Word of God and they hear preaching about the Word of God, testimonies. Somebody said the family that reads the Bible or stays around the Bible stays together. Can we decide we're going to be students of God's Word? With heads bowed and eyes closed and, and uh, folks are in the altar tonight, can I ask this this evening? I wonder how many are here tonight and you'd say, Preacher, if I died tonight, I'm going to be honest. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt. I know that I've been born again. I've, I, I know that I've accepted Christ as my personal Savior. If you can honestly say that, Right now, you'd slip your hand up and say, Preacher, I know that I'm saved. That's wonderful. You can lower your hands. Can I, can I do this, though? Can I pray for you? You're here this morning, 
You may be brand new. You may be visiting tonight. And you'd say, Pastor, I don't know that I know that I know that I'm saved and going to heaven. And I want you to pray for me. Is there one like that anywhere right now? You'd raise your hand. Pastor, if I died, I'm not sure about heaven. Would you pray for me? Right now, you'd slip your hand up. You'd slip your hand up. If you're watching the live stream right now and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ is your personal Savior, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor right now. I'm going to ask you to call that number on your screen. 704-327-5662. I want you to call that number right now. Call it right now. And we have some folks who want to, they want to pray with you right now over the phone. They want to try to help you. And so right now, you call that number. Till you, till you get somebody on there, you call that number. Don't you stop until you get somebody on that line. And they want to pray with you right now. If you're walking through a heavy burden, you say, Pastor, I don't think I can make it another day. I want you to call that number. We want to help you tonight. Wow, what a message we've heard from the Lord tonight.